Hi, I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And we are the, the Gut Geeks. Geeks. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, every week at Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern, we get together for Gub Geeks Assemble, a weekly podcast about getting in and getting ahead in government. So, yeah, how are you feeling this week, Karen? Feeling great, but I have a question for you. Sure. So would you want to work with you? Would I want to work with me? So I'm going to think about the person that I want to be and be that me, be that you. You that be? Be that you. Be that you. You that be. <laughs> So I love that line from Sisters, you know, think of who you want to be and be that you, you uh, that what? <laughs> uh, nothing like uh, Tina Fey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're both great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, for today's session, just talking a bit about leadership and who do we want as who do you want to be as leaders? Uh, it's a lot easier for us to kind of point a finger and say, you know, my boss is like this, my boss should be like that, or leadership, man, why are they doing this or that? But when it comes to reflecting for ourselves, that can be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, and we, we don't understand that maybe the people who work with us or for us may think we have issues with our leadership as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I appreciate the way you're phrasing it that way, because leadership isn't just, you know, a, a noun or pronoun. It's a verb. It's an action. It's an activity. It describes how we act and how we behave. And, Karen, and how we make others feel. And how we make others feel. Absolutely. Because we have that, that control, that influence, that power. Uh, and leaders are at different levels as well. Right. So you have, of course, your, your main leaders, right, mm -hmm. where you see as the CEO or the head of an organization, mm -hmm. and then it continues to go down. Uh, in the public service, you have SESers. Mm -hmm. um, above that, appointees. Senior and executive service. Senior mm -hmm. executive service. So appointees, senior executive service, middle managers, and then employees. And I think the toughest part is at that middle management level mm -hmm. because you're kind of sandwiched between. Yeah, kind of like the, the cartilage, if you will. <laughs> right. And, you know, throughout our government careers, we've talked about how that middle management can be described at any different levels. I mean, I know a lot of senior executive service members that feel like they're in that same position because they have to deal with their political leadership and they also have to manage people that are reporting directly to them. Mm -hmm. It's just the challenge of the position. Right. But leadership also occurs even if you don't have an official supervisory title as well. All right. Leadership from wherever you stand. Exactly. Right. But I think today we're kind of talking about in general leadership and what type of leader you want to be, whether it is hierarchical or just a leadership within your team, a leadership within your expertise, things like that. Right. Which is why the larger question, be the leader that you want to work with. So if you were going to be the change that you want to see in the world, as Gandhi reminds us, we should be the individuals who, who want to be that change, who want to be that type of leader. So how can you be that leader and then influence others to do just the same as well? Because it's not just like, you know, I'm perfect and everyone else around me needs to change, but rather you are a part of it. You are interacting with everyone. So Which, let's be honest, that could be true too. I'm perfect, everybody else needs to change. <laughs> exactly. There is nothing wrong with me <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. Well, we have three strategies to really help people uh, get to that, right? 
So the first one, uh, just overall, speak with all levels, engage with people at, at different levels of the organization. Uh, and just to start off with a personal anecdote, I had the opportunity to work with someone uh, a while ago who was, again, part of the, the SES Corps. And this person also was a former general, and he really took the opportunity to intentionally schedule sessions with people on all levels of his, his organization and his leadership. So he was speaking to people that were like two or three levels down as part of like an ongoing discussion. He'd set up meetings with calendars. Uh, he'd make it a point to walk around, talk with people, engage with people. Yeah. Building that relationship. Building the relationship. People not just the people that he has to work with, but with all of the people that he was involved with. And I'll tell you, that guy had a ton of respect. Everyone really enjoyed working with him, liked having him around. And that's just, that's a huge difference, I think, in, in terms of building culture. Right. And I'm sure it made you all feel valued that he was spending his limited, precious time speaking with you all. Right. He was also great about managing that time. Uh, he intentionally designed when he got in and when he left to, of course, make sure that he's with his family, spending time with everyone, um, but also on top of that, really spending time with the people there at work. So he would designate certain time periods where he'd then allow himself to walk around, talk to people. Uh, he would schedule those different conversations as well throughout the day. And I think at the end of the day, when you make a conscious choice to really help people and to engage with people. You, you are doing it intentionally. It's not like, oh, you know, I just happened to be with this person in the break room when they were talking about. No, it's like, you know that they put that time on the calendar just for you. Right. And that made an impact, a positive impact on you. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a person also would write thank you cards and, and things like that. Uh, and I will tell you this, that years later, people still have those cards in, in their desks and in their offices as nice reminders about the things that they were able to do and uh, the recognition that they felt that they had earned as a result of working with this person. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much amazing. And, and that's kind of the idea. Like, if that is the leader that you want to work with, why not take those same steps to do that as well? I mean, schedule time on your calendar to catch up with people that you haven't spoken with for a while. Um, have lunches, have coffee, uh, do Zoom calls, just really catch up with, with people. Make it an intentional part of your workday. Yeah, and there's something to say about that face-to-face -face interaction, or even as you were mentioning the handwritten notes or cards, the tangible aspect of the relationship. Right. It's just a little bit different with emails. Yeah. It, it doesn't quite convey. Sometimes those can be misconstrued. Uh, so it's it's definitely a good part of your repertoire as a leader. Yeah, agreed. And Karen, do you have any uh, ideas about how people could really speak with others at all levels? It starts from the beginning as you start your career. You want to make sure that you are talking with your peers and your leaders. Because a lot of times, especially the higher up that you go, you lose that communication piece with everybody right. because everybody sees you as the leader and oh we can't talk to them we can't you know have banter with them and we can't really tell them the truth right, right. the good bad and the ugly right. so a lot of times you don't you get like a filtered message sure so if you start building those relationships early on hopefully those will transcend throughout your career and even if people change right you have people leaving the organization people coming in but you want to make sure that you continue to build. We talk about it all the time, right? 
build those relationships. Right. I think we need to have like a bingo card for this. <laughs> Every time we exactly. say relationship, you know, we need to. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Plant a seed, you know, do something like that. Every, every time we say that, then you go out there and you, you plant a tree and the world becomes a better place. Right. And so as you as you become a leader, you want to make sure that you don't lose that because trust me, your schedule will get packed. Yeah. Meeting after meeting, even things that aren't scheduled pop up and you have to deal with it. The little fires here and there, but making sure that you are making time to be with people and to communicate with them and reach out. And especially Absolutely. now, it's it's important to have that reach out because some people maybe you're not in the office, you're remote, you may feel remote. So you want to make sure that you are including them and helping them to feel valued. And another thing in terms of scheduling uh, time on the calendar with people, I worked with another person who was a deputy CFO for uh, a department. So very high, very influential amazingly kind and energetic person, always willing to take the time to chat with people. But on top of that, also intentionally scheduling lunches, you know, just right there in, in their office. So you would uh, bring in whatever box lunch or whatever that you had from the cafeteria and then just sit down and talk about stuff. And it, it doesn't even need to be about all of the work things. It's about you know, who's your family? Uh, what are you doing? What are your interests? What are your Getting thoughts? Getting to know that person. Right. Yeah, I'm picturing the, the Leslie Nope, right, with her her waffles and taking people out to to eat and just talk and you know be with them as people right so and you build that um type of family away from home you're with people at work for a whole lot gosh, <laughs> many <laughs> hours a day yeah yeah and, and then earlier on uh in one of our other shows we were talking about how people hire people uh not resumes and that's the same thing with these relationship developments. I mean, people work well with people, not just like formats and processes and structures. Uh, I mean, we don't have like a data port that we just like plug into and you know, that's our, our sufficient way of doing work. It's more about, again, these relationships. Right, right, which ties into our second point here of maintaining your network. Right, maintaining your network. We've talked about that before, how networking is important and what that entails. And the difference between transactional, right? We don't want that cold word transactional uh, to be describing us. Right. So you want to make sure that you're building those networks, being authentic, being sincere, and again, treating people as people, not just cogs in the machine. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about what a network is. A network is something there for you to provide and for you to receive. It's this this area where everyone can come together and no one gets left behind. You know what I'm thinking. Oh yeah, you're thinking about friends. Enjoy is like you know, it's the giving and, and the, the receiving, receiving and the enjoying and the loving and the receiving and the, receiving. And the giving. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, still, you know, his heart was, I think, in the right place with yes. all of that because it's about the connection that you have with people. Uh, and networks aren't like, you know, oh gosh, I'm just gonna pick up the phone and get another job, or I'm gonna pick up the phone and you know, someone's gonna give me this. I can get on the phone and so-and-so would do this in half a minute. Right, especially when you haven't heard from that person right. in so long, and then all of a sudden you, you get a call and it's, hey, what can you do for me? Hey, right. I need this. And it's, okay, how are you doing? I I'm doing well, thank you very much, right. you know? And I know it's hard because again, we all get busy, but I think that stems to the time management and valuing and seeing that interactions that are not transactional, 
that are deeper and more relationship based are worth the time. Right. So, I mean, it's this larger idea. If it is important to you, you will find a way. If it is not, then you'll find an excuse. And if it's important, these networks are super important. I, I think a lot of times people just don't realize how they're important they are. For instance, uh, you get so like bogged down with what the work is. Day in, day out during the work, you're used to the schedule, used to the routine and everything. And then what happens when something doesn't go well at work or you get a new boss or there's a new environment or issues that change and then you're like, oh man, I gotta get another job. I have to get out of here. Let me re-engage my network. Well, by that time, all of the relationships have gone cold. So when you go out there and you're like desperate, you know, please help me out. Can you find anything? Can you recommend anything? Can I speak with anyone? Then it's a lot of like neediness. It's not about value. And desperation. And desperation, exactly. Uh, and think of it this way also, like if you're thirsty, you go to the well to get water. But the best time to have the well is when it's already built. So build the relationships, build the well years earlier so that when you need it, it's available. And speaking of that, yeah, you know, that nice little yipping and yapping from our, our colleagues here, our co-workers. <laughs> our furry, our four-legged four -legged, and we'll co-workers. See if we can share her picture with you guys so you can see exactly what the little one is looking like right now. She's trying to help maintain her network here by keeping everyone informed and engaged about what she hears outside. Yes, she's using her communications. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, she's engaging now. Which brings up our, our third point, right? Right, to keep your vision simple and exciting. And exciting, I think that's the key word, right. yes. And, and the whole vision is about, if you're a leader and you're really wanting to work with people, you wanna make sure that your vision is something that is easy to get. It's, it's understandable, it's relatable, and also that it's exciting, where people want to be engaged with what you have to offer. Right, and there's a huge uh, impact of identifying your individual leadership philosophy. So again, you can identify this at any level, mm -hmm. whether you're beginning your career at the GS5, 7 level. Three, I started out as a, a three. Right, but did you have your leadership philosophy as a three? Oh, totally, I had it from day one, I'll tell you what. All right, <laughs> so you wanna try thinking through that, and it's gonna evolve, so it's good to revisit, just like your resume. Absolutely. You, you're gonna evolve it, but it's important to start thinking through, well, what is my leadership philosophy? Because how are you going to explain to individuals who you want to, um, not follow you. I don't want to say follow you, but who want to be with share, you, work yeah, with you, be with you, yeah, share the experiences. with you. Right. How are you going to do that if you don't know yourself what your leadership philosophy is, what your values are, what your vision is? Right. So I was uh, helping our daughter earlier or last week with one of her school projects. And it was on Lord of the Flies, not Lord of the Rings, which I inadvertently said the geek in me came out but she had to do a project on Lord of the Flies. So we were talking through, you know, the different things. And that is a huge book for leadership um, and the different types of leadership, right? Because right. you have Ralph and Jack. Ralph is more of what I would identify with, right? And then you have um, Jack, who's all about, we got to hunt, we got to kill, we got to have fun, right? So that's their, that's his philosophy. And of course you have people who have that same mindset and want to be with Jack sure. versus Ralph, who's all about, we have to have rules. We have to make sure we are, you know, maintaining and having a civil society, 
which I don't know who that sounds like, <laughs> but you know, following rules all the time. But essentially then, you know, those are two very different leadership philosophies. And I know, you know, talking, we've talked about Hamilton many, many times, right. the difference between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton and where I see myself more as the Aaron Burr type where I, I am steady. I don't make any rash actions. Wait I have for to it. wait for it. Wait for exactly. It. Wait for it. Right. So, um, but is that exciting? You know, I don't know. And you know, it, whatever your leadership style and approach is, if it's yours and you're able to convey it in a simple and an exciting manner and authentic and authentic that people really identify with and want to work with, that's fantastic. I mean, you could be like Ralph or you could be like Aaron Burr in terms of an, an approach where it's very structured or rules based, as long as that includes all of the engagement and the excitement and the fun. I mean, we're not saying that a leader has to be very you know, outgoing and gregarious, quite the opposite. I mean, it's whatever your style is, that's you. Like how exactly. you're saying authentic leadership is, is so important. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of times we may discount or discredit the true value that an introvert may have in a leadership style or approach, where if they're very structured about rules, processes, procedures, but they're also very reflective, they can connect very deeply with people. They, they build stronger uh, connections and relationships as a result of that introspection because the, the connection is just that much more meaningful. And I think that for you, uh, I know that the relationships that you've established over uh, your career and your lifetime, family, you know, friends, colleagues in the workplace, people are really, really willing to follow what you have to do. And that, that's just amazing. Right. Well, I, I would say that I admire your leadership a great deal. Just the gregarious acts aspect, the outgoing nature that you have with people. Um, you're able to have all this energy to go through a full day of work, then coaching, then D&D. &D, and it's just, I don't have that energy. And so I admire that, but I can't tailor my leadership to be yours right. because I'm not you. So I have to come up with my own way and what ties in with my core values. Right. So I think that's where the piece lies, depending on what leader you are, whether you're Captain America or you're Iron Man, right? You want to be true to yourself. So, and you know, that can cause some conflict, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't think conflict is necessarily a bad thing. People see it as a bad thing, but that's, I think that's a topic for another show, but right. you know, having that differing opinions, differing philosophies can really help a team grow. So don't see it as something that has to, you know, we have the, what is it? Norming, no, storming, norming, forming, or forming, storming, norming. Performing. I, <laughs> performing, right? So the levels of building a team. So storming, forming, uh, norming, performing. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Got it. So and yeah. The, the other one is that's not uh, spoken about too often is adjourning. Because after if it's a project, you're, you're brought together, you're doing all these activities. Once you hit that performance part, and then after a while, what is the point at which the project has been completed or the program is completed and you kind of disband and then you ramp up again to do more? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, each of these things, I think, is, is so important because having this vision about what you're setting, this this true connection with what you care about and allow others to become a part of that, you're, you're sharing in that journey. Mm -hmm. It's something that a person could feel a little bit more involved and engaged in because they know where you're coming from. 
They know who you are. They trust what you have to say. The transparency. The right? transparency, right. Because, I mean, how hard is it to really establish connection with people where you don't understand their vision? You can't feel like you connect with them because they're not being, again, clear or transparent. It's mm -hmm. tough to establish relationships like that. And sure, people will work for you for the money, but they won't work with you because of the passion. Mm -hmm. And managers are great at developing followers. They can create uh, a, a lot of individuals that are there for the benefits, the job security, all of that stuff. But leaders create leaders who mm -hmm. are then able to inspire others as well. And that's really the connection at the heart of it. And I'm sure, I mean, if you guys were to think through your minds about a person that has been truly impactful in your life, that is connected directly with you, where basically if they were going to pick up the phone and say, hey, I have a question, uh, can you help me with something? Or uh, what are your thoughts on, I mean, you'd be more than happy to be like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Or even people earlier in your, in your life or your career, think about like teachers, coaches, uh, family members that have really made the difference for you that connection it's because of understanding the vision and the connection with that person you know who they are because they're being transparent about that right and it gets very difficult as you move up in the ranks right. because you have upper management telling you something and then you're trying to communicate that to your team yeah and sometimes you may not agree with that right but at the end of the day you need to just be transparent about what you can control and look, this is our mandate from above. We have to make sure we get this done. I'm here with you as well. Right. You know, how are you going to communicate that to them? So in that image there, it's kind of the, the two differing types of leadership, right? The micromanaging where you want to be controlling every piece of the machine that right. is in your team, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really see them as autonomous people. Whereas in the other one, you know, you have the individual who has control of their own destiny, in a sense, you're giving them that autonomy, right. which I think for many people, autonomy is a huge thing. I know I don't like to micromanage, mm -hmm. but sometimes there is a need for that, depending on the situation, but I don't want that to be a norm in right. my type of management style or leadership style. Wow, who, who would want that? I mean, I, I think, and the, the image again, the person on the right is uh, manipulating someone by holding them up like a puppet. Mm -hmm. And then the other was a person that was uh, basically steering a, a ship, you know? And so the differences between the two is leadership and management. Uh, those two differences really make the difference in how impactful you can be in an organization. For instance, if the person that is being manipulated by strings could cut one of the strings uh, and they could get away, they totally would. Right. And the other thing is that if the string isn't there and they're wanting to do it because they're still tethered to everything, if the string can't pull them in one direction or the other, then they're not going to be as effective. So if the, the manager- Especially when you're not there, yeah, right? So you're setting them up for failure. Exactly right. You want eventually those strings to be cut off and for them to be like in the second image, right? Leaders building leaders. So you want to be able to almost like with the bird, right? Oh, go and fly, you know, you're free. So definitely that's the goal. Mm -hmm. I don't know too many who want to stay in that um, first picture, whether that's the, the puppeteer or the puppet, right? It's just not a good place to be right. long-term. Long-term is certainly not a good thing. Right. 
Well, we have a couple of minutes left for our GovGeekdom questions, but just to summarize, uh, the top three strategies for us to help setting the vision and uh, or being the leader that we want to work with. Uh, first off is speaking with all levels, engaging from top to bottom. Uh, if it's people that are working below you, above you, to the side of you, work with all of them. Number two, maintain your network. And leaders especially need to be able to maintain their network as well. It's not just like, well, I'm gonna utilize whatever contacts that I have to a certain point in my career, and then ah, I don't need a network. In fact, networks are more and more important as you continue to grow in your career as well, because mm -hmm. you need to be able to influence at a larger level and networks certainly help with that. And then lastly, keeping your vision simple and exciting really allowing other people to have transparency, understand what you're about, and to connect with you in a way that is meaningful. In other words, be that you. Be that you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Figure out who the you is that you want to be and just be that you. That's good. Yeah. I feel like watching the movie right now, too. I know. I know. <laughs> it's such a great film. Okay. So questions from the Gov Geekdom. Uh, please remember, feel free to send in a question on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. We're more than happy to include the questions here. We had a great couple of presentations that we gave not too long ago where folks were a little bit more uh, willing to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> And they were such good questions. They really were. Yes. Yeah. So we, we have a couple of them to share with you now, and we're happy to share more later. But first off, um, are cover letters still a thing? Not that I've seen, at least not for government resumes. Right. Uh, we really don't see cover le letters. It's usually the summary mm -hmm. up at the top of the resume right. that kind of gives a snapshot of your experience and why you should be selected. But I, I don't know. I haven't seen cover letters in a long time. Exactly. You know, one of the things that I found is that people that like cover letters really <laughs> like cover letters. Uh, and people that don't, they're like fairly indifferent about it. So if you're saying to yourself, do I need to write a cover letter for all of my positions? I mean, certainly it's up to you. Uh, it, it's not going to hurt, but at the same time, it's not going to be the document that they're going to look to to make their decisions. Mm -hmm. It's really the supporting documentation and materials as well, of course, the resume. So question number two, uh, should I take a short-term job while applying for my dream job? I say go for it, especially if you're talking about public service, because as we've discussed before, the process could take a while. So if you're going to be waiting a year, can you wait a year to have a job? Mm -hmm. You know, you could take another job. And if this is your dream job that they call you and say, hey, when can you start? then you can put in your notice for your the current job that you're in. Yeah. So I, I would say go for it because you don't want to hold off your life for your dream, but you want to be prepared for if that call does come, you are willing to let go of the job that you're in to go for that dream. Well, that honestly reminds me a lot about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, before he was president, there was this great quotation and I'm going to muddle it up entirely. But the gist was that uh, soon when his opportunity will come, but in the interim, he will prepare. And what you're doing by taking another job while you're waiting for this bigger job and continuing to apply is you're preparing, you're sharpening your skills, you're still being involved, engaged, you're uh, adding value to an organization, you're learning more about your, your trade or your skill or your craft. Uh, and those sorts of things are just hugely influential for you and your career. 
And then later on, when the opportunity comes up for you to leave, I mean, at least you have given that opportunity that you had previously the best that you had. You made a, an impact where you could. You made a difference. And that in and of itself is already hugely valuable for an organization. Mm -hmm. So they should be happy that they got the time that they had with you to begin with. And also, if they're genuinely concerned about you and this is your dream job, then yeah, why wouldn't they support you going for something that's going to make you happy? Right. And I think that happens in my organization a lot and probably yours as well, where many times people are just trying to get in the door, just trying to get into the government. And from there, they have an idea of where they would really like to be. But first, they just want to get in. And a lot of times they're very honest about it. They say, look, my aspirations is to do this. Um, but I wanted to at least start off here. Mm -hmm. And that's that's perfectly fine. You're being honest. And what that can do as um, a supervisor or a hiring manager is how can I help you get to that? Right. Right. What skills can I arm you with so that when you're going for that next position, you're in a better position to uh, get that job? Yeah. Uh, and, and also, really, you're building your network and they're building their network because after you leave that job, if you're able to stay in touch with them, that is a qualified person that you have worked directly with, that you know and trust. And then you can trust people that they would recommend or refer. Or perhaps later on, that person could be, uh, once again, a good hire if your needs change in the organization and they're continuing to go up in their career that you can bring them back. Mm -hmm. And also even, what if that person later on becomes the influential piece in your career as well. Oh yeah, it happens I, a lot. Happens all the time. Uh, yeah, because they could either be in a hiring management position later on that could be a decision maker for you. Which is why we don't burn bridges. Exactly. Or again, they could have the ear of the person that is going to make the decision. So if later on they're like, you know, hearing about a supervisor and actually this had happened to me once where a person that was a former supervisor uh, who wasn't um, the, the best at approaching things and I wasn't the decision maker, but I had influence and or a contribution to make a recommendation and say, look, here's my experience, take it for what it is. And that uh, has impacts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just definitely wanna be careful with that. But. Yeah, just just be honest and sincere with people. I mean, that, that's honestly what all of this is about. Treat people the way you wanna be treated or um, the platinum rule, treat people as they would like to be treated. Uh, exactly. As well, which is very good. You remember. Oh, of course. I try to listen to you. <laughs> so that's it for our show today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Please go to thegovgeeks.com for more information. You can sign up for our free resume course by uh, joining our GovGeekdom or GovGeek community by offering your name and email to get more information about what's going on. Also, we're about to kick off our next GovGeek challenge. We just finished up our last 14-day challenge. It was very successful. We're building out our website even more. Uh, we're trying different platforms to offer more value. But man, I mean, just the amount of content that is there. 14 days, uh, each of the sessions is roughly around 30 minutes. You're getting some solid information and guidance to develop your resume, your career strategy, your interview techniques, your networking strategies. It's it's phenomenal. To so. all go in your professional bag of holding. Exactly. Your professional <laughs> bag of holding. That's cool. D&D &D reference. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much. And just remember, be authentic and be that, be that you. you. <laughs> See you next week.